0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition. Of the Nice Trade Cast on the RotoViz Radio Network, I am your host Nathan Powell, and this evening I am joined not by Dan Sanyo He is out of commission for this evening, out of commission for the week. So I I took took a call to the bullpen. I I need to get a nice closer in. So I'm bringing in my good friend John Bosch. How are you this evening, John?
2: Oh, I'm doing okay. I'll, I'll go back to my baseball terms and ask if if I'm here for our. A blown save. I believe that's what I'm getting set up
1: for, right? <laughs> no, we always bring you in for the lights out. One, two, three inning with with John Bosch. So yes. So, huh? okay. <laughs> so as uh, usual, when when John and I get on the microphone, we usually talk some sort of commission stuff because John loves commish stuff. I also love commish stuff. So, um, if you were listening the last couple of weeks, we did our QB and RB report cards, you know, handing out some grades for the first half, of the I mean first half for the, for, basically for the season. Um, we're going to take a break from that since we're missing Dan, I don't want my other, I don't want my co-teacher to be like, well, how did you give, uh, uh, who's a wide receiver? How did you give Elijah Moore a B plus? It should have been an A plus. Um, so I'm going to take a break from that and we're going to talk some commish stuff. So first thing we're going to talk about and I'm going to call somebody out here and I'm going to just put two names out there because I'm not I can't remember who I read it from this from today. It was either uh, Heath Cummings or uh, or Jody Jody Smith. I love both of them. One of them said that as commissioners, we should be flexible with the covid breakouts that are occurring um, right now. And we should uh, maybe loosen different, you know, IR rules or loosen different waiver rules and without i don't really get on twitter fights anymore um but if i were i would have gotten into a twitter fight saying it's asinine to uh change any sort of rules in week 14. um especially because we've been doing this for two years like your rules should have accounted for the possibility of of craziness and if they didn't then that's your that that's your own fault basically (laughs) um so uh as i'm basically uh you know ragging on a fellow fantasy analyst fantasy writer um John, what are your thoughts on adjusting in season with, with COVID craziness?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not a fan of adjusting in season. (laughs) I should have been taken, taken care of in advance. I mean, we've talked for two years now, they have unlimited IR. Like there's no reason to limit an IR in any league, (laughs) but you can't go back. You can't, can't go back and change it. Um, I mean, I guess if you want to, what you can do is you can talk to your league. I'm I'm guessing this is one that has like limited waiver runs or something like that. It's one of those leagues where like we have waivers on Wednesdays and Saturdays and that's it. And there's no first come first serve or anything like that. If the league is set up that way, one, fix that. But uh, I mean, I think you do have to kind of gauge the reaction of your league if the whole league is supportive and says, you know, Hey, like we, we need to have something happen on Sunday morning for us to be able to replace these guys. We were, we're playing with really short teams right now. So I would talk to my league. I would, you know, make a decision on my own It's not something I would even put to a vote because there's no reason to vote on anything at this point, because some people are going to vote for whatever selfishly helps them. We're in the playoffs. There's money on the line. And others are going to vote for what selfishly helps them in the other direction. So, like, there's not even really a point to that. I would just have a discussion in league if I felt it was really necessary. Like, if I did have – I'm not going to call them bad rules because all rules are fine. You just all play by them. But if I had rules that prevented flexibility at all, you know, if I did have those Wednesday Saturdays, and no first-come, first-serves, I probably would gauge the temperature of my league on saying – hey, how about we open it up to first-come, 1st first serve after the Saturday waivers, at least, and that way people can replace people as, as they get put on COVID IR.
1: Yeah, you do bring up a good point that maybe I'm just being all bah humbug, uh, grumpy okay. old old man here. But, like, at the end of the day, if there's, you know, 12 fantasy managers and all 12 are like, yeah, this is a good idea, or all 12 are like, yeah, this makes sense, even if it doesn't, like, make sense for them, their fantasy team personally, like, who cares? Like, if the 12 people involved all all like it, it's fine. Um, and even if it's like 11, who cares? Um, yeah. But I do think that it brings up a, a bigger point. And I guess COVID would have been like the one time in the last two years where we could have had like had a reasoning for in-season rule changes. Is there any other time that you've seen, uh, like I know that you and, and Scott and and pretty much, I think most of the commissioners that that we talked to have that whole like league's best interest clause and are Are you often I'm often it's probably not the operative word here, but like, is there a time you're really invoking that in season? No. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's it's there. Uh, And the fact that it's there basically does give me the chance, like if somebody kind of even hints at doing something like because a lot of times people try to test the waters like in the chat first, like, hey, what if I did something like this? And I'm usually pretty clear, like, no, that's definitely not allowed in this league. Like, just because it doesn't say it in the bylaws that it's not. I mean, you can't write everything out. You can, you simply can't do that. That's just not possible. So it's not the, you know, everything that's not written is legal. It's going to be my call in my leagues because that's just how I run them. But luckily, I've been pretty good with uh, getting pretty lucky with managers that I haven't had to deal with that a lot.
1: Yeah, and in leagues that have unique rules like I talked about with the league with no name leagues, I feel like every year somebody finds like not not even necessarily a loophole, just like one way to clearly give themselves or themselves in another manager a distinct advantage. I'm like, mm-hmm. y- "Now I have to put that in the bylaws." Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things that like to an extent I like that owner because they 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 they, you know, show me my weaknesses, they they poke holes. But then also that that manager is the pain in my butt that like makes me adjust my bylaws four times per year. Um, I had
2: one where I had to specify that when you miss your auction nomination, you're out of the auction. Like I've never put that in a bylaw set because I just always assume that Uh, this person then traded like an opened up roster space and made the argument that now they have space, they can get back in the auction. Mm -hmm. And of course I was the person they got back in to bid up against. So I didn't make the ruling in my favor on the spot. Like if it was any other manager, I'd have been like, no, you're not getting back in. But I was like, whatever. I, it's hard for me to make the ruling for myself from that standpoint. But I'm like, when have you ever seen any auction where if you miss your nomination, your auction is not immediately over? Like you can't just get back in. But so now so, that's so in all my
1: bylaws. So while we're on the uh, the topic of COVID, um, we're not going to talk about your day job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you, do you envision all of your COVID bylaws staying the same or even maybe even, you know, ramping up for 2022? Or do you think that is more of a question that we would answer in July and August?
2: I I mean, I, I actually love the expanded IR, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that's not going away. That's that's not going away with COVID. Not that COVID's going away anytime soon, unfortunately, it doesn't look like. Uh, but I mean, the NFL now, they, they can put guys on IR for what is it, three weeks? I think mm-hmm. it's like the minimum now. So th- the NFL relaxed their injured reserve rules. I think it's kind of okay for us to reflect that and have more relaxed injured reserve rules. So I love the unlimited IR. Now, I do have a stipulation in all mine like, you can't pull some guy off the waiver wire. Yeah. You can't and put him on your IR but, yeah. immediately. Like, because then you're just going to stash 50 guys that are on the waiver wire on your IR one, that's just pointless and clogs up the transaction log. (laughs) It's very annoying. Uh, But I mean, that's not, that's not what the intent is for. The intent is for when when you have three or four guys getting hurt in a week, which we are all having right now, you know, you got to be able to put them on IR so that you don't have to get rid of them and you can open up that space.
1: Yeah. And you can, you can argue one way or the other about this, but as essentially that game is just who can spot the guy who's on IR first like, oh like you know Jared McKinnon yeah. just went on IR stash him Jordan Love just went on IR in one QB league stash him um so I I do one thing that I do think is getting proposed a little bit more often and I don't know if this is covid related or just more injuries with this the 17 18 game season but I have had people ask me um we at one time I was in the capitalist pigs I believe you're still in the capitalist pigs leagues the IR and capitalist pigs, you can as soon as a player has the o uh, mm-hmm. symbol next to them they can be put on ir i personally i i don't have that in my leagues and i think part of that is because i i think that that just makes the waiver wire too barren and y- we've had this conversation several times before, but I do think that there should be a possibility for you to like win without being like the person who is glued to the waiver wire and always making every single move (laughs) and always making every single trade. Like that shouldn't be like a requirement for you to compete in a fantasy league. And I think in leagues where you have the, O where they, they can be placed on IR. That is a severe disadvantage to someone who isn't making like 18 waiver claims per, per week.
2: It probably is. I don't mind rewarding those people, but I also don't have first come first serve in a lot of my leagues. Most of my leagues are auction based and they're bankrolls. So like you have to pay no matter what. And then mm. I'm fine. Like if you want to, if you want to take 18 guys a week and you're spending every time, that's fine. Cause then you're just decreasing your budget. Uh, as for the guys that are out pigs is a thin league. I mean, like it's a, it's a thin roster. So it makes a little bit of sense there. In leagues that I run where we have like, you know 28 to 30 is typically what i make the roster size i don't think it's needed um you, you you can you can you can get enough guys on your ir from ir and if a bunch of guys are just o and they're out well they're not going to be out for 3 weeks so maybe you take the take the hit for one week but then you got to you got to figure out a different way
1: yeah i mean the one thing that made me like contemplate adding o to my irs for next year is that covid for vaccinated players is basically just an O. like they're missing one week like two weeks absolute max so like it seems like it's a weird thing to say oh like this guy who has a hamstring strain he can't go on ir but this guy who's on the covid list he's probably gonna be back in two weeks he can't go on I me mean, he can go on the ir which maybe the the next that problem would then be like oh does covid no longer have an ir spot but that I think that would cause some problems as well. So there's, I mean, for, for now, for now, we don't know what the NFL, what their
2: policy will be for 2022. And once we do, I mean, I'm not against making a change to how my COVID IR is set up, but I I won't do that until I know exactly what the NFL does. I think they'll continue to operate pretty much the same as Mm -hmm. they have been. And then I'll just continue to operate the same as I've been the last two years too.
1: All right, let's move on to our next topic. We're done, done with COVID for now. Um, this is a topic that's been hot in the streets. By hot in the streets, I mean there's like four or five people in your mentions talking about it. Um, <laughs> you, I think you are more so one of your uh, you know, pl- players in one of your leagues brought up tradable seeds. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have a guy who essentially he's going to get the sixth seed or he has the sixth seed. He doesn't want it. Um, he – He's like, I would much rather compete for the toilet bowl. I would much rather see versus the six. So you brought up the concept of tradable seeds. What, I, it seems like that you're going to try 2022. So I, I guess you're in favor of it, but c- kind of talk through the, the pros and the cons as you've thought this through in your head.
2: It's probably going to happen in my power hungry league, which is the league where this is brought up. And that's already like a rule set that is so unique and different from anything else that's the league where I have superpowers where so you can actively play defense against another team. Uh, if you play a power, you can stop a player, stuff like that. So it's already a league that is, um, different from your basic vanilla fantasy football league. And this guy, it was actually the difference between getting the sixth seed or he would have had the ninth place. Like his, he outperformed, <laughs> like he won games that he just shouldn't have all year. He, he, he won. He did win this weekend, too. So now he's going to get a top four uh, auction budget. And his team is uh, like it needs help. He, he he admitted it beforehand that like he, he would have kind of preferred to have that ninth ranked auction budget, which is a lot going to be a lot higher than, you know, or the ninth place, I should say, ninth place budget, which would actually be the fifth highest budget. Now he's going to have a top four budget. So he's not going to get nearly as much money uh, for next year's auction. He he, kind of jokingly said it, but then he said it was only half joking. I do think it's interesting. Like he was like, what if I, you know, I, I wish I wasn't in the playoffs. And when he said that, I was like, it would be really interesting if you could trade your playoff spot. Like he doesn't want to be in it. There are, there might be another team or two that they're peaking now. Like maybe they had some injuries throughout the middle of the year, but now they're actually healthy and they feel like they can make a run. Wouldn't it be kind of fun if they could trade their playoff spot to them? Like, I have no idea what the market would be. I've never seen a trade for anything like that. So when something like that occurs to me, I'm like, wow, that's that's intriguing. Like, how much would you pay to get into a playoff spot? Like, would you give up a second to move to a playoff spot? What What happens if you're the number one seed? Man, you think your team is just hot. Like, you feel like you are going to roll the playoffs how much would you give up or what would it take for you to give up that guaranteed first week buy, and take on the risk of losing? Like it's going to
1: backfire on somebody at some point. I don't want that to be me. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that, That's more the 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 concept of trading for the buy is much more intriguing to me than trading for the playoff spot. Trading for the playoff spot, I think, is going to end up in you being disappointed more often than not if you're not one of the top six teams.
2: Probably,
1: um, unless it's like one of those like head-to-head leagues where it's only head-to-head and like you could be the second highest scoring team and be the eighth seed. Like outside of that type of format, I think that if you're trading into the playoffs, you're probably not going to win the championship. You know the odds are eventually it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be a team that's that's looking to do that. But if I was a three or four seed, or you know maybe a five seed that was getting hot, I would very much look at trading for a two seed to to get that buy. And w- one of the things about a buy in your traditional six uh, you know six playoffs, um, you know half the you know half teams are eliminated each week type of thing or head to head, is that if you have a buy you're guaranteed at minimum to be in the third place game. And in most leagues, the third place game pays for your buy-in. So like if I was a team that was like, "Hey, like I want to try and at least play myself into some money here. I'm going to trade for that buy. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something that I would look at doing. I don't know if I would ever do this outside of a league that was specifically like for like something crazy, like the power hungry leagues. Yeah. But I do think it's a very interesting concept that would result in some interesting trades.
2: Yeah, I, I, I really want to see what the market is on it. It's going to be wild. I, I have a feeling just based on the conversation that we had in the chat, nobody came out like vehemently against it. And most people were like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Granted, again, it's a bunch of degenerates that already play in a pretty wild league.
1: Yeah, I mean, this isn't for your traditional like Yahoo 10 team redraft. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no, this is a
2: 14 team league and they are all crazy people.
1: All right, before we head into our second half of the show, we're going to talk some playoffs and some kaleidoscope um, league talk. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about RotoViz. Get your RotoViz on, it's the perfect holiday gift for your your husband, your wife, your uncle, your brother. Get their RotoViz on. RV Radio 2021 gets a 10% discount and it helps support the pod. Um, get all access to all the great tools like the Game Splits app, like the, the um, you know, Box Score Scout, and even uh, you know, the Fantasy Points app that we've been talking about in recent weeks. So make sure you get rid of his on RV Radio 2021. Help support the podcast. We appreciate you. All right. Now let's just get into some typical general playoff rule talk. I feel I feel like we talk about these every year. And I'm not I'm honestly not sure how many listeners we pick up per year. I don't know if how many of you are listening for the first time and have never heard me talk about the playoffs. Um if you haven't, here's a treat. If you have, then hear this redundancy. Here we go. <laughs> um, my my general thing first off with, with the playoffs is that I hate matchups. Um, kind of like from my first like few times I played fantasy, I was like, playoffs, uh, playoff matchups stink. Um, you know, being like the three seed and getting outscored by the six seed, but having outscored the four and the five seed is just all sorts of painful. It's like, oh, I just lucked into... Are you know unlucked into facing the six seed when they were getting hot, so I am vehemently for the the top half teams advance each week, whether you have six playoff teams, twelve playoff teams, no matter how many teams you have, there's ways to fit in you know top half teams advance each week. Um So John, what are what are your general thoughts on on a lack of matchups, and is there is there one playoff rule where, where I mean is there one playoff rule where you're like this this is in all of my leagues or is, this this would, would be in all my leagues in the perfect world.
2: Uh, yeah. And I, I actually think it takes it takes away the requirement of having the all play format. I use call outs in my league. So you didn't luck into the three versus six seed. The person who earns the three seed in the first week of the playoffs, they get to choose their matchup between the four five and six. So it, it, from that standpoint, then like it's on them to pick the right person and they can't blame random anything they chose their matchup. They could choose the four seed. They could choose the five seed. They could choose the six seed. Uh, Cause I do still like the head to head stress. Uh, I do like the all play too. I have leagues that have that. Uh, and I play in plenty of leagues that have that as well. So I I do like both of those formats of fantasy mine, because I love the call out aspect. Like I just, I straight up love that day. I love getting the post this huge Twitter thread on Tuesdays when the people that they can make a call out and that's just that adds so much fun to the league when you have to pick the person you're saying i am going to beat you to advance in the playoffs it's hard to do it's really hard to be the person choosing and it doesn't feel great when you get chosen to be honest
1: so do do you think that generally when you're making alterations to your traditional playoff setup do you think that it should give advantages to the top two teams the bye teams or do you think that discourages parity that discourages people from trying to you know get the you know chip in a chair type mentality with with the six seed for me i i generally like to try and reward those top teams as much as possible just because of the luck involved in the playoffs but i can't like so i'm in the kitchen sink leagues and the Kitten and links do heavily give advantages to the teams that are top two seeds in the fact that essentially you get to what would be the championship round th- from your conference by getting – you basically you have 2 weeks to choose from. So, one basically your highest score between 2 weeks is the score that advances. And that is a huge advantage over the other teams that are just playing with okay, this is the one week I have to play. Um so, do you like, you know, pr- prohibitive advantages for those buy teams? Do you or do you, or do you more so on the side of let's try and get as much parity as possible?
2: I don't mind giving the top big advantages in like the, so the second week in my playoffs, then the one seed gets to make the call out. Uh, They get to choose between the two seed or the two winners from the previous week. So Mm -hmm. there's advantages all the way through mine, too. It's not as heavily as the kitchen sink where you get two shots at a score. That is a significant advantage when you get two chances at it. Um, But you earn it. I mean, you do have to earn it. So it keeps people playing hard at the top all the way through the year. It it definitely feels harder to win that league than if you go in as the fifth or sixth seed. But I don't think it actually prevents anybody from trying to get the fifth or sixth seed because people still want to get in and try and make the playoffs in those leagues. So the playoffs, but you are definitely giving an incentive to being up higher.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of any other playoff type topics. Do do you like multiple week playoffs or carryover? So what, one rule that I have implemented in most of my leagues is I don't have a two week championship. But I have, and so with the updated week 17 championship, the basically the semifinals are week 16, and then two teams advance and their scores carry over to week 17. So it's not a two week matchup, but it is like the, the comes scores in the, with a lead. Yes.
2: Um, I'm not I, one that's a lot more work on the commission. <laughs>
1: it's uh, not, it's really not that hard.
2: But. It is. You have to do math and then you have to go in and hit uh, score adjustment or you have to track it off the, off the site. Um, I do have it in some of mine. I mean, there, there are some of my leagues where all 14 teams play the entire three weeks of the playoffs. Some people have a three week matchup to decide the 14th and 14th 14th and 13th place in the league. Now, granted, this is where we're like, you get a point if you finish 13th and you get zero if you finish 14th. So mm-hmm. We've competed a bunch of different formats. So you have to play the entire time. Um, as for the two week thing, it's just not for me. I, I've been in some and I find them less exciting because the first week you play in it, you know, it's not over. So, like, you know, there's always a chance you could come back. But then by the second, by the time that second week rolls around, like you're already either up by a decent amount or you're down by a decent amount. Maybe you do come in even, and that's probably pretty exciting. The ones that I've been in, usually it's one way or the other, because somebody has a good first week and somebody has a, a less good first week. And so, you know, somebody comes in with a 20 point lead. And then it just feels like a, it's, it feels like kind of a deflated championship game. Maybe you can come back and, and it gets really exciting. But for me, I, I like that one game. I like it. I like that one game excitement.
1: Yeah. And it, this sounds a bit silly to an extent, but like, I like it the most when it has a very minimal impact, but it has an impact. It's like, okay, like you clearly paid, played better last week, but it's not over yet. like yeah. that, So I, I like to have some impact, but not too much where it's a 30 point lead. And it's like, okay. Like, okay, I can already just send out payouts now. Yeah. All right. We got a, a few minutes left. I want to just get, and you might not have a soliloquy ready for me but I want to just get your year one thoughts of kaleidoscope for those that don't know about kaleidoscope. It is a 100, uh, 100 manager league. And it, the team everyone selected their own team based off of, um, I believe it was the DLF, uh, champions league ADP or no, what was the, No, it was
2: just, um, Kevin O'Brien pulls ADP from my fantasy league startups uh, okay, it, it wasn't the DLF Champions
1: all. League or whatever. It was just all No, I mean
2: League. some of those were in there, I think. Okay. Got uh, it. like, but they it wasn't exclusive to those because there wasn't enough of them. I mean got he pulled it. he pulled like, over 30 over 30 startups to get us some really good ADP.
1: <laughs> so essentially everyone started out with 30 picks, picks one through 30. And there was a lot of trading. There, there was a lot more trading than I was expecting. I'm not sure why I was expecting less trading, but there were during, during like the height of trading, there was probably like six or seven trades per day in this hundred person league. And that was like on a slow day. Um, so this basically- this
2: before the ADP was even released. People just right. started trading rounds here and there, trying to gain little advantages, hoping for the ADP to fall their way. It
1: was crazy. So- Everyone drafted essentially, you know, if, if no, if you didn't make any trades, you got one player from each round you could have reached per se. So like, if you didn't like anyone in the ninth round, you could have taken two 10th round players. If you had one of every pick on format going in um, one, one critique per se, and this is more so like a personal preference thing. And I, I've, it's over and I, I still have like the same, like ugh, feeling about it every time I feel like with a hundred person league, there might be too many, it's like, there's too many options and it's overwhelming. Do, what are your thoughts on that? Do, do you feel overwhelmed when you go to the trade screen with 99 trade partners? Do you think like, oh, this is just so much and I I, I love doing it. Like, what are your thoughts on 99 trade partners?
2: It's the worst. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, so it's, it's, I, I approach trading differently in it. That's for sure. It, there There are plenty of times where like, if I want to go shop a player, uh, in a 12-team league, I'll send an offer to every team in that league. I don't do that in this league <laughs> because that would be a nightmare. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna get rid of a player, I might put a message in the chat. I say, you know, tell me. I'll send you an offer. Like I will send the offer first because I know some people don't like to make the first offer. I don't mind doing that, but tell me <laughs> because I don't want to send out 99 of them. What happens more often than not is I'm not looking to get rid of a guy. I'm looking to add a guy. So that's not that bad because there's a lot of guys that aren't on a lot of rosters. And if it's somebody that's already, you know, got a high roster ship, they're probably on mine. They're probably on my roster too. You know, some guy might be on 70 rosters at this point. And then there's other guys that aren't even going to be rostered in this league probably ever, which is just, yeah, no,
1: I mean, I'm I'm sure that I I haven't looked recently, but I'm sure Cordell Patterson is on Ninety of the hundred teams. Yeah, this I
2: think he. I think he is the highest. I think he after the last set of waiver runs, uh, because he was one of the few that was the below the twenty. Uh, you you couldn't. We we should be explained that you cannot get anybody in the top twenty able to be added via waivers. Patterson was below that, so of course, anytime waivers run, people go and add him because it's a hundred team league with a hundred copies of every player, so there's no limit. He can be on every single roster at which point he's basically worth nothing because he's on every single roster.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting because we, we, we did talk about it. He, he was traded for a third round pick before yeah. one, before one of the waiver runs. And everyone's like, that's crazy trading Cordell Patterson for a third round pick. But they in all actuality, in all actuality, it was really a third round pick for a blind bid dollar, which, you know, you could mm-hmm. argue it was a bad trade True. in itself, but it wasn't really Cordell Patterson for a third. It, because of the way the format is
2: yeah they saved their dollar and they could spend their dollars somewhere else essentially because <laughs> you have a very limited amount of waiver wire pickups in this league everybody was limited to three so there was 300 maximum that was finite you could not add yeah and, trade, but,
1: but, but someone did notate like 70 dollars went know. unused which it was nuts it's
2: just i i i mean we knew it was going to happen like because there's out of 100 people some people are going to be inactive I am nervous as can be to see what the turnover on that is going to be. But I mean, there was like 50 people that wanted in it that didn't get in it last year. Yeah. So hopefully I can fill backfill it. It's definitely unique. And I'm, I'm looking for my team and your team. We, we, we finished in similar spots. Um, so I will say that I'm looking forward to the rookie draft part where I get to select whatever rookie I want
1: out of the, uh, out of it. So, I talked about how, you know, I'm usually a pretty active waiver wire guy. Do one thing with that league that, like, I felt kind of stuck at times. Mm -hmm. Yes, I could have made a trade with one of the 99 owners, but... I didn't like, it's not like I could cut the dead weight very often. I, I could cut the dead weight on three players. Yeah. And when you you're in drop
2: that. You can drop anytime. You can sure, drop
1: anytime. Sure. Sure. But there's no benefit to drop. <laughs> no,
2: anytime. there's not. Um, <laughs> but you so, don't have to look at that garbage on your roster.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that, so, yeah, there is like, that is an interesting facet of the league that it kind of, you know, gives extra value to like hitting on a player, whether it's through the draft or Big through the startup or the waiver wire. Because if you miss, it's literally dead weight on your roster and it's very hard to then replace that player. Like if I if I miss on a third round rookie pick in a traditional league, I can just go add, you know, the hot waiver wire pick. You can't really do that with this format.
2: Yeah, because because of the limited waiver runs, what was it after? Like it was every like three or four weeks or something. So it was like after week three or four and then after like week seven or eight, something mm-hmm. like that. That's when we'd have a waiver run. So you really had to wait. Uh, which it would have been kind of fun. I, I kind of wish it would have run after week one, after week two, after week three, because think up, think back to those three weeks, how many hot waiver wire pickups there were that did nothing. <laughs> they had a good game. And then we never heard from them the rest of the season. And people would have just burned their waiver dollars on those guys.
1: So you mentioned, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this. You mentioned the the potential for league turnover. Um and uh, Dan Myler has his Dynasty day trading league that he has come mm-hmm. out and said that like there are major changes coming in the offseason because of you know things that have you know happened in the first year and yada, yada. Do you anticipate any major changes to Kaleidoscope? Do you think that it'll run smoothly outside of maybe you having to hawk down a few extra owners because of uh, managers leaving? do you you anticipate, you know after you're one of the league with no name, after you're one of league with no name, like almost like the format was flipped on its head. Like I had to make major changes. <laughs> everyone went in with one division or conference and I was like, okay, everyone needs two, or else it yeah. doesn't, oh, which was a major change. So is there anything to, to give a sneak peek to the other 99 <laughs> managers, but also just to anyone dealing with having to deal with, you know, possible major changes? Is there any anything with quite Or do you think that it's going to um, be able to run as is going into year two?
2: So in general, I, I would say anytime you take a risk on a league like this, you have to be prepared to make changes after year one. And I think anybody that joins a league like this has to understand, look, this might change. <laughs> this is When you try something that you've never done before, and really like nobody's done it before, you're going to come across unexpected things. So I can see why Dan will be making uh, changes in Dynasty J trading there. That I think he wants to, correct, to make that league better, which is great. Honestly, with Kaleidoscope, it kind of ran how I wish there was a way to make, make the waivers more options, like run it more weeks, maybe. But at the time, I don't want them to become to the point where everybody gets this guy. And it's it, part of the advantage of the waiver is if of that guy's production. So I kind of, As much as I want the I want there to be more opportunities to get more guys, but it's set that way is so that you have to make your decision on when to get when when to go for the guy. Or do you wait and try and, you know, get a guy. The way it worked out, uh, we did set it up as an all play. So basically you play every every single manager, every that leads to real fast discrepancies in the records. I wish there was a way to combat that, but I set it up. I want to really have a bunch of would,
1: matchups. <laughs> would, would total points possibly de- de- decrease that great discrepancy or do you think it would?
2: Um, I think, I mean, if you did total points, if you've done any kind of best ball league on underdog or MFL 10s. Granted, that's only was only 12 teams or 14 or something like that. But usually the last couple of weeks of that are pretty anticlimactic as well. So I'm not sure that that would decrease it. It probably would to three because more people would be really close, but it's still going to be a large percentage of people when you come down the stretch aren't going to be involved. And I mean, if you, if you take a a regular like 12 team best ball league, the last two weeks of the year, there's probably two to three managers that have a legitimate shot at winning it. And usually the first seed has a hundred point lead. In a in a you know in a one team in a one copy twelve team league, and it's pretty clear they're going to win. So, percentage wise, I think we're pretty much on track. Anyways, there's there 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 are a few teams that have been really really hot, like and they're way out in advance, but they're not so far ahead of the other ones up at the top that they're completely out of it. But I mean, there's yeah. probably nine there's probably ninety teams that have just no absolutely no shot from here on, yeah. Which is a shame, but I don't really know how to combat that.
1: Yeah, and one interesting thing, which honestly, I I hadn't really looked at the standings recently because my team stinks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah,
2: you're you're above me, though. (laughs)
1: Just um, by three spots. First and second place in the all-play standings, okay, there is a 27-point difference, which is not very much, but there is a 70-win-loss difference between the two. Which yeah. is nuts that a 27 point difference results in that many wins and losses. Granted, it's you're playing 99 matchups every single week, but that is probably still a a almost insurmountable uh, you know lead at this point in the season.
2: And the guy that's in the lead right now is he was probably the most active in the startup. I I mean I bet if I went back and looked at number well, of well no trades, there
1: was there was David David Glidden.
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, he was pretty active too. But I mean Andy Mavery at Star Chucker, he was. He was extremely active. He made trades constantly, and he found little edges. He, he, did, he did more than me, more than me, <laughs> like, yeah, more sure. than me barely. Uh, and I mean, like, so there's every week somebody in this league goes 99-0. Like, I haven't felt that feeling yet. But that's got to feel really good when you're the top scorer for the week and you beat every other team course i probably i haven't looked and I, I don't know for sure but i've probably been 0 and 99 once or twice this year too so <laughs> that's
1: sad All righty, that should wrap up our kaleidoscope conversation before you head out john any anything that you need to tell the people
2: uh, abolish the trade deadlines folks
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: trading right. should be part of your playoffs because you know it's a pretty big part of dynasty so like why do we ignore that part of dynasty when we're trying to award the championship
1: because trade deadlines create action. I don't have a way to prove that, but that's they what don't. I'm going to say. <laughs> no, they don't. All right.
2: managers create action.
1: All right. I don't know if I'll ever invite John back on the podcast, but I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate I having him. I that you're pro-deadline. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that pro-deadline. I'm pro-deadline, but I'm not like, if you don't have a deadline, you should die. <laughs> All right. That should wrap us up. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. We appreciate John, for on. Make sure to listen to all 18 of his podcasts. They're all lovely.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Nathan.
1: Kadosh!
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.